Hi, this is Mike Zapsik. You might know me from I Sell Comics, The Ming and Mike Show, AMC's Comic Book Man, etc., etc. And you are listening to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Mallrats, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Minute 34, which is quite possibly the greatest Force Minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. I'm Nathan Renly. From a Goofy Movie Minute, The All Five, and Calvin and Hobbes cast. Oh, he's so fancy. He's got three podcasts. <laughs> well, you should be able to use some of those uh, those towels for those podcasts, because this minute is both goofy and would probably fit well on the Calvin and Hobbes page. That's true. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Minute 34, it's a, uh, a lot going on in this minute. It starts with a cigarette. And ends with a with a cigarette. Okay, so it doesn't sound like there's a lot going on, but there really is. In between the cigarettes is where all the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, it, there, this is we're starting to get into real heavy Kevin Smith territory here. Obviously, his guys Jane and Bob show up, but we're also starting hitting pop culture pretty hard too. Oh yeah, and I we mean, get some Jay dancing, <laughs> which is if you've watched Clerks, uh, many people have said that's their favorite part of Clerks, which is odd and very disheartening for Kevin Smith. <laughs> the part he didn't write yeah he's like yeah that's great i wrote this whole movie i crafted all the dialogue and everybody's like i like when jay dances <laughs> he said well i did write jay dances well maybe he didn't <laughs> even but this dance yeah, is well, a lot worse than i remember that dance being yeah this is not a good dance it's almost like somebody tried to tell him hey jay do this yeah so do you remember what you did in clerks and he's like no and then they're like well, <laughs> you kind of danced like this and then he's like like that? I don't know, man. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we've mentioned it before in, the, so, in a little bit in passing, but now that Jay and Tom Bob are actually on the scene, they showed up for like two seconds of the last minute. This is their, their real coming out party, though. But all the studio heads wanted to replace Jay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were like, we don't want this guy in this movie. Um, they had such uh, comedy um, juggernauts like Seth Meyers and Brecken Meyer on standby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Seth Meyers <laughs> was going to be his replacement. They waited until the first like day or two of dailies came back before they let Jay stay on the movie. Wow. That like, would be so is, weird. I mean, it's like you're going to have somebody else play. D- I mean, now it sounds crazy. But I guess back then they're like, who is this guy? Like, he's not an actor. Right. <laughs> like, oh, listen, man. that's cute. You made a movie with your friends. But like, this is a Gramercy universal picture. You're gonna, you need real people on this movie. Well, Kevin Smith sure showed them when the box office results for Mallrats came in, right? Oh, yeah, and they were extremely disappointing and almost ended Kevin's career. Yeah, those ones. Those are the ones. No, I just probably wanted to replace everyone from his universe, though. Yeah, what I mean, what bailed him out was, unlike Clerks, which was like, hey, it's a big hit right out of the gate. Mallrats was big on V, oh my god, on VHS. (laughs) Grandpa had a VHS machine! That's when I watched it, back on the VHS. Because I was... was uh, yeah, was I was only nine years old when this came out. Oh, oh God! Really? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Ugh, so. Throw up. <laughs> yeah, you're only like you're only like seven years younger than me. It's like twenty five years younger than me. Yeah, so I didn't go see this in theaters or anything. But uh, uh, I didn't see it in theaters because it was probably only in theaters for like you know five days. Yeah, one show. Like, I don't. Yeah, it, it, it made I forget what it made about three million, Man. but it was not like, like they were expecting like Porky's numbers. Hmm. Like I would love to go back in time and know what they thought they were going to get out of this movie. Like were they like, yeah, this is this is fifty million dollars we're sitting on right here, and they you know, were not. <laughs> I don't remember it exactly, but the trailer for Mallrats wasn't very good, right? Oh no, it's terrible. It's they they didn't know how to, 
as he says in the commentary, Gramercy Pictures didn't know how to market their way out of a paper bag. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, Gramercy it's Pictures sure showed him. Yeah. When they uh, stopped fold. existing. <laughs> yeah, when they, when they folded into the, another division of Universal and, and stopped existing. Ha <laughs> right. like ha! We got the last left. We also got yeah. the uh, the new uh, Kevin Smith jacket that he's wearing. It's leather. It looks like it looks like a large trash bag of sorts. <laughs> Jeez, it looks so hot. Oh, it, ha- it just has to be hot as hell. Now, like, luckily they're in Minnesota, so but they're in a malls. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just seems uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I believe this is the only one. Part of me feels like he only wears that jacket so he can do the stuff he needs to do later. <laughs> When he's going to basically turn it into a bat suit of some sort. And, you know, I mean, he's That's halfway true. to Batman already. He, he he doesn't know what superhero he wants to be. He wants to be like 11 superheroes at once. It's kind of like saggy Catwoman, though. <laughs> From Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, I mean. Yeah, it's like Catwoman before she she tailored it. Yeah, she's like not good at tailoring. <laughs> yeah, she's like, like, I'll, I'll make I my material make... out of this. Oh, yeah, it's good yeah, as it is. Like, I don't know how to make I don't know how to make it form fitting. It's just going to lay over my shoulders. And be yeah. kind of a duster of sorts. <laughs> right. That's true. It does have kind of a Once Upon a Time in the West vibe, too, if you're being really generous. Oh, yeah. So if you watch this scene, the scene that we're we're watching, like I said, we're watching the uncut version. The uncut version has, like, right after you see Jay and Bob, Jay starts pounding on the window and going, kitty, 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 kitty. And it cuts to Brody and T.S. The scene is, like, four seconds longer. Their first line of dialogue is not in a theatrical cut. When oh. he says uh, they're, they're going to figure out which one they're going to bury up to its neck. Yeah, that's if why when close, I was looking up the transcript, it wasn't in there. That makes sense now. Yeah. If you watch very closely, at least on the version that I've sent you, you can see where the cut is because Jason Lee skips for like a second. Oh, he and the pounding kind of stops hey. too. Yeah, right before he goes, hey, Jay, because that's where the theatrical <laughs> cut picks up. Right. Now, well, the I whole thing why. is actually it's so messed yeah. up. Now, to get into how the first... Right at the beginning of this movie. The beginning of this movie. Now you've seen the theatrical cut only. I'm assuming. Um, when did the uh, the you other probably, cut come out? Oh god, this it didn't surface till years later. And the version I pulled is the only time I've ever seen an inner cut into the movie. The whole oh, okay. original opening was they go to like the governor. You actually see the governor's ball, and there's like he's dressed up like a Minuteman, and there's an accidental assassination. It's crazy. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. In the theatrical cut, he just goes to um, uh, Claire Forlani's house, and then he finds out that Julie Dwyer died. That's so, like, the one I saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, so that's not even in this movie. You don't even he- Julie Dwyer's name is not even mentioned in this movie. Huh. So in this, in the theatrical cut, the reason why Michael Rooker hates him is because Julie Dwyer died, or not how she gets on the game show. Julie Dwyer died, and he's she's taking her spot. In this version, Michael Rooker just hates T.S. because he's the boyfriend and is forcing her to do it. So not only does the theatrical cut make it like 12 minutes shorter, it's also like way better. Unfortunately, in this scene, when he walks up and he does his, hey, Brody man, noochie noochies, and then he goes, hey, Mr. America's most wanted. Well, that's referring to the governor's ball because he almost assa- he almost assassinated the governor. Oh. So in the theatrical then- cut, they change all this dialogue. And it's really terrible because nobody's lips match up to anything they're about to say in the theatrical cut. I, I knew something was off there, and it doesn't make any sense why he says America's Most Wanted, and then he says something about he had to put moose in his hair. I'm like, what? Does yeah. he look like the host of America's well, Most Wanted or so he something? Goes, no, he goes, it's America's Most Wanted. That's what Jay says. And then he says, I got a musket stuck in my girlfriend's hair, because that's how the musket goes off. Oh, a in musket. Scene, you have, yeah, he gets the musket stuck in his girlfriend's hair, 
and then he's trying to get it out, and they see him pointing the gun down at the governor, and then they start shooting at him, thinking that he's trying to assassinate the governor. It's it's just as dumb as it sounds. Like you can look it up on YouTube, you can just pull the scene. It's not very good. <laughs> so in this scene, so he says it's America's most wanted. He says there's a musket cut stuck in my girlfriend's hair, and he says ex girlfriend. It's the actual cut. I think he says it's the mad fat chick killer because he killed Julie Dwyer. <laughs> And then oh, he says, and then okay. the, so that's Jay. Jay's kind of off camera, so his kind of makes sense. But then they replace T.S. and Brody's dialogue, and it's terrible. Like, their their words don't match up at all. Wow. Well, okay, I guess. I so like now you'll change. never be able to unsee that, 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 yeah, that their words don't match next time you watch it. Well, and then just going back to the part where he's talking before, and he says that they're looking for kittens to bury up in their neck and run over with a lawnmower, is totally contradicted later when they're very sweet to these kitties. And I know, and it seems very out of character for Jay and Silent Bob. They're never really like a lot of shown for to them. be like, yeah, and they're shown to be like kind of jerks and mischievous or whatever. But like in the last movie, they made a sign that said, I eat cock, and they were like harassing the clerks, but they weren't like outwardly mean. Like I realize they're drug dealers, but they weren't like, yeah, they're outside killing puppies right now. Yeah, this is to make them more degenerates like Beavis and Butthead or something. I guess, but. They're actually softened up in this movie. In the last movie, they are flat-out drug dealers. Like, right, all right. they do is stand outside the whole movie and deal drugs. Like, in this one, they're downgraded to, like, mischief makers. They're like Hanna-Barbera cartoons in this movie. Yeah, this is more like the uh, the Clerks animated series version of Jay and Bob. Oh, yeah. I think that Selling was on Clerks I told the story. Getting- yeah. <laughs> when they, they uh, Kevin tells the story is when he's meeting with the lawyers, and the lawyers, like, they can't be drug dealers. And the guy's <laughs> like, and he tells them, they're drug dealers. He's like, I don't He's like, I don't understand why you even picked the show up. And the lawyer's like, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, okay. <laughs> well, well, you know you're going to have a nice long-running series then when they're like, we don't know why you're here either. But I guess Kevin Smith showed them after after uh, half a season. <laughs> yeah, after it, he made six episodes and it ran two. R- right, that one. <laughs> and it ran up against Survivor. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and not like Survivor now where it's like season 50, but like season one Survivor. When it was like a cultural oh, phenomenon. They really just went was. right into that buzzsaw. They were done. Uh, I have an interesting piece of dialogue here. He says that he watched Empire and Jedi this weekend. What? Like, who the hell watches Empire and Jedi? Uh, yeah. Like, you don't watch the you don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. I guess it's because they talk more about Jedi stuff in those. But then he says it's the Jedi mind trick. But confusingly, it's not about the one that you do on people's minds. It's about the moving rock one. <laughs> or, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, we saying that the Jedi mind trick is like uh, these aren't the droids you're looking for type thing. Yeah, he's not really doing the Jedi mind trick, and I would I'm gonna chalk it up to Jay not being as big of a Star Wars fan as we're led to believe. Even though he has a lot of details about Star Wars, mm-hmm. I feel like this is just it flew past him. It's like he realizes this is a Jedi power, but he has no name for it. So he's like, yeah, it's a Jedi mind trick. I don't think and he's trying is- to trick the. Is he trying to trick the cigarette into thinking it's not a cigarette? <laughs> neither does Bob. He doesn't have a name for it either because he doesn't talk. Yeah. He's probably really mad, though, during that exchange. If he were paying attention, he'd be like, oh. Yeah, he thinks he can let He's got that things, selective but, mutism. But as uh, The Last Jedi proved, um, part of the Force is just moving things. That's, uh, That's yeah, how you really- that Oh, something weird about the dance. You know, he goes and knocks on the window. It's in time with the music, as is the hitting the cigarette out of uh, Bob's hand. Yeah, it's a strange attention to detail for a movie that's not did they do particularly that? detail-oriented. Yeah, I have to see they, they made the incidental music afterwards to make it match up because I can't imagine any world in which they're like, okay, Jay, you need to do it at this time. 
Really? And him being able to follow it. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, it's, uh, but it do- it's like perfect. It's crazy. But anyway, you're not yeah. supposed to knock on the pet store window. It bothers the kitties or the yeah, gerbils, 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 whatever nearby. Yeah, you're definitely not supposed to like bang on it as hard as he is. Like, I know a lot of people that will like tap on it once, but yeah, he's doing the bang, 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 bang. He's just caught up it in is. the music, man. <laughs> Even though he's not yeah, hearing any music, supposedly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't have their boombox well, or anything. Before he does it, when he does, um, Brody steps in and says, the force is strong with this one. I think at right. some point in our lives, anyone who's even above a modest, casual Star Wars fan has said that to somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody does something you're like, the force is strong with this one. And I uh, love the depending on the level of nerdery around, you might get uh, you might get some looks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, that's one of the many phrases coming up this week that I've used in polite or not polite conversation. Um, how in not polite conversation? Well, oh, just <laughs> the conversation wasn't nice. Yeah, or you just use it completely out of context where it just brings the conversation to a halt. And you're like, listen, I realized that your grandmother died, but I felt like this was a good time for a Star Wars reference. <laughs> the Force was strong with her. Yeah. I'm not invited to a lot of family uh, occasions <laughs> anymore. I can see that. Yeah, so we're going to find out that they're well, – we're going to start to find out they're going to Jane Silent Bob on purpose. They didn't just wander across them. Right. And they went there at what to point get them – I guess this is the weekend, so I guess Jay and Silent Bob, they just, uh, they're Monday through Friday down at the, uh, quick stop. This is their weekends. They're off. They don't sell drugs. You know, everybody yeah. needs some time off from their day job. I mean, they are just hanging out. Maybe if they asked, they would have. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they don't not travel with it. We get yet another Star Wars reference when he calls him Obi-Wan. But again, this is 1995, as referred to by Alex Robinson. This is the dark times. So this is in between Absolutely. Jedi and when Sith. Oh, Sith. Oh, my God. Oh, when Phantom Menace comes back. Mm-hmm. So making Star Wars references was really quaint back then. This is before wow. the special editions, so even even more so. Special editions are 97, I think, is when they start coming back out. Yeah. The first time that we realized, when it was up on screen, where we were like, ooh, this George Lucas guy might have a few uh, holes in his uh, perfect reputation <laughs> that we've been holding him up to. Right. Well... I don't, I think I might have been too young to be critical of that. I think I was just excited they were on the big screen because I saw them on VHS at my friend's house during the dark times. And I was like, I remember at one point I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they made toys for this series? You know, because I didn't <laughs> know they'd ever made them. I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if like more people knew about Star Wars and then flash forward to three or four years when it's like they're everywhere and you can't avoid Star Wars. I was in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Like I grew up, I was. So when Jedi comes out, I'm four. So like all that Star Wars stuff lasted for years afterwards, but they were always like, I don't know how to put this. They were like second and third tier. Like you had your mm-hmm. G.I. Joes or your He-Man, and then you had some random Star Wars guys floating around. We are like, yeah, and then I have uh, all my, you know, I got all my G.I. Joes and Lando because <laughs> why not? Because <laughs> Billy Williams. What do we have awesome. here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just stands over in the corner going, you truly belong among the stars. I mean, he must be cool. He had a cape. <laughs> that one still had the cape on it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the cape always got lost with it. At some point, you're like, where's the cape? And then, you know, the dog eats it or something. And you're like, oh, crap. Right. This is also the first time that uh, Trisha gets name checked. We won't see her for a long time. But we also find out that uh, Silent Bob is apparently an electrical genius. So just like all movies, when the sequel comes around, people start getting powers we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. He uh, made a uh, CD player out of his mom's vibrator. I looked that up, and you can't do that. 
well, you can't do that. I, I can't do it. I'm not electrical. Yeah. I watched a YouTube tutorial and even the person in that was really struggling. They just put- I would love to. Uh, I want to see your browser history when you're on YouTube searching vibrator and CD player. They just you put the vibrator. The- they tried to twist it through. Yeah. yeah. Long talk with the wife later. I'm like, listen, I'm not mad. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, oh yeah, I guess I was going to say it's for you, but really turning a vibrator into a CD player probably wouldn't be that helpful in 2018. No. It's like, not only are you making me something that's not useful, it's outdated technology. All right. Well, we've, we've gotten to the end of the minute. Do you have anything else to add? Any other notes we haven't covered? You get like a close up on Silent Bob's face as he's trying to use the force. And there's a little sound effect in there, you know, like a background little thing. And you can see why, because it'd be really weird to do that silently. But it was the same time, or it was the same thought I had when I was watching The Force Awakens during the scene where Kylo Ren's trying to get into Rey's mind. And he's just standing there and he's contorting his face and he's doing this. And there's this cool like music and sound effects in the background. I'm like, this would be so weird to film on a silent set. This guy just going, you know, I mean, imagine any of those, especially Star Wars, any of those scenes, if there's no music in it, even in like, oh, the Emperor shows up and he's with Darth Vader and Return of the Jedi and they're going to walk across the thing. But like, it's got the Imperial March. If you don't have that, it's just two doofuses walking around in plastic shoes. Like, this is not intimidating at all. You'd be, like, hoping for some industrial-type sounds in the background or something. Yeah, like, can somebody <laughs> yeah. do some arc welding or something? You know, just start... But that scene in particular where he's, like, contorting his face and stuff, it brought me right back to that. Yeah. Be like, imagine, he has, he's go back to Video Village to watch it and be like, mm, I don't look crazy enough in that. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely 100% going to be the screen capture for this minute is him with his crazy eyes. Yeah. Because that, it is... It's a good close-up. really frightening. <laughs> and, uh... The last thing was that Brody said, as they're walking up during that deleted part, he says, 10 bucks says they're going to do the thing with the cats. So he has TS 10 bucks because that's not what they were doing. They were just dancing. Yeah. Well, he didn't have any money, as we'll find out later. So <laughs> that's just going to be 10 that goes in the O jar. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's in it. The, I got it. Whatever this is, the uncut edition, um, you find out earlier that he has no job and that he sells blood and plasma <laughs> to make money. Yeah, selling your so, blood. Not much of a, not much of a go-getter. That's the kind of stuff people do in movies for, uh, to get money. I've definitely had friends that did that, but they also had to have, you know, something, a student loan or something on the side. Yeah. yeah I've known people that have done it, but most people I've done it have done it for like good reasons and <laughs> not like, oh, I just need some money. It's like, oh, no, I have a friend that has leukemia. <laughs> so, oh, really? Like, oh, no, oh, I know nice. tons of. I know tons of people that would donate plasma where I went to college in Albuquerque and I went there one time because I was considering doing it because I needed some money and uh, and I went through the tutorial and they were talking about how it can go through your vein, um, infiltrate your vein and then you can't give plasma because they can't put your blood back in you and how the blood comes out and they separate the plasma and then I walked in and they have all these TVs set up and everyone's just lying in their recliner chairs hooked up to machines watching TV and it just like it was too Matrix for me. Like, it was like, all these people <laughs> are know. selling their uh, their It bodies. sounded like a pretty good gig to me now. I'm like, this doesn't sound that hard. I can sit in a chair and watch TV. Uh, yeah, I don't love needles. And uh, the fact that like it's not really like nurses doing it either, you know? It's just people people that get the minimum oh, level fun. of qualification. Yeah, come on over. I, I can you. do it for you. I watched a <laughs> tutorial one time on how to do it. It's no big deal. 
every one of our technicians used to be a, a junkie, so they all know how to find the vein. Like, oh, that's comforting. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can find a vein in your arm, in your foot, <laughs> like anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's that's their guarantee. All right. I don't think I have anything else. So uh, do you want to tell, tell everybody out there in podcast land where they can find you? Sure. You can find me uh, on iTunes or by Googling the following podcast, A Goofy Movie Minute about a goofy movie minute by minute kind of like this one calvin and hobbs cast calvin and hobbs strip by strip and the a5 that one's about the office and it goes episode by episode the a5 is with a v it's a reference to the office but you'll have to put that in quotes to get it how far into that one are you i think that's the only one i haven't looked at um we're about a third of the way through the second season it's going great you got a ways to go how many seasons we're in the good times (laughs) nine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god well oh my it's god. even worse for calvin and hobbs because at my current rate i'm not going to be done for 250 years <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i don't feel so bad about anymore having like five or six movies to do all right yeah well if you look so hopefully no one's counting on that <laughs> <laughs> it's like i hope my, I, you're gonna have to put in your will that your heirs have to do it like listen this is part of the day you gotta just keep going <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pass it on like kiss too <laughs> All right, so if for some reason you're looking for us, uh, you can find us over at Dueling Genre with a whole host of other Movies by Minute podcasts, probably better ones than this. You can always find us on uh, Facebook, Jane Silent Bob Minute. If you want to chat us up, you can find us at Jane Silent Bob Quicker Stop. We're always talking about whatever nonsense gets brought up this week. There's always something silly we have to fight about. All right, I think that's about it. Force is strong with this one. <laughs>